Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are the business creators. We are entrepreneurs. We're small business owners. We're local business owners. We're marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We help others create and grow their businesses, and we have those of us who, on this, the other side of that coin, or the do-it-yourselfers, like to have our own hands on the levers as we run our own businesses. And I, to a degree, am one of those people. If you're one of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show, or go to our website and click the big banner in the sidebar. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Plus, be sure to subscribe. Over 170 episodes will be available for your immediate perusal on a variety of topics designed to help you thrive at the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. There is a topic out there, and this is very Hot. And it's been hot for a few years now. It's one of those things that comes up and down in the discussion. But right now, I'm going to say this is especially important. With the proliferation of media, the proliferation of information, and as I discussed in my chapter of the best-selling book, Journeys to Success in Millennial Edition, everybody with a smartphone is their own news outlet. I mean, you can be your own Fox News, your own MSNBC, your own CNN with the tools you can just freely download. Uh, you can create your own story. Uh, that sometimes gets tiring. And sometimes we discover that by aligning ourselves with others in our niche who may be further ahead of us, people who are catching up to us and we're going to give them a boost, or have parallel messages that will make sense to our audiences that we don't necessarily have to create all that information all the time, that we can curate content. That's the hot topic, content curation. And what we're going to talk about today is building authority with content curation. And lo and behold, I have been so fortunate to be able to bring on to the Business Creators Radio Show Scott Scanlon, the creator of CurationSuite.com. Probably a guy who knows a thing or two about content creation. So let me just tell you a little bit about him real fast before we bring him on. Scott Scanlon is the creator and owner of Curation Suite, as I just said, a content curation platform. Boy, I tell you, if it was possible for Google to read audios, we would be number one for content curation right now. Uh, a content curation platform that gives you the power to curate and publish in any niche or market. Scott is an entrepreneur with over 10 years in digital marketing and a background in the U.S. Army, music industry, real estate, technical consulting, and business development, of which I'm um, at least three of those things. Scott is also a coder and still enjoys the zen-like flow of developing when he has time. I'll tell you a little secret, me too. I just don't want to promote it. So, Scott, welcome aboard. Adam, first up, thanks for inviting me on your show. Uh, I been uh got tons of tips from some of your recent shows so it's awesome to be here and uh, great to meet you 
Well, thank you very much. And just for our listeners, I want to tell you that Scott Scanlon is uh, one of your power colleagues. He was telling me in the green room that he listened to, I think, about eight or nine recent episodes of Business Creators Radio Show. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a full day's work. And the way he explained it to me is he'll sometimes stream episodes of Business Creators Radio Show or some of his other favorite podcasts, many of which we also listen to, in the background while he works, which is a great way to expand your knowledge through osmosis and through subconscious suggestion. So I encourage you to do that. If you have nothing going on, if it's completely silent, or you don't want to listen to music today, turn on a podcast you like while you work. You'll learn things without even realizing it. Before we get into this whole content curation thing, Scott, uh, I read off your bio, very impressive. What I'd like you to do is just for our listeners who are right now getting to know you, just tell us a little bit in your own words about your personal journey that has brought you to this point where you function at the intersection of your brilliance and passion serving business creators like us. Absolutely. Well, thanks uh, for giving me the opportunity to do that. I like I think many of your listeners, I I have a varied background of entrepreneurship, and I've bounced yeah. around quite a bit in the last, I'd say, 10 to 12 years on different entrepreneurial paths from running a property management and investment company. I live in the Twin Cities in, in Minnesota in the U.S. here. To, right. uh, to, to, uh, I was a technical consultant for places like U.S. Bank, Wells Fargo. I'm a self-taught developer. I kind of have that, that growing need to change what I do every couple years, and it's always been in kind of a, a, a entrepreneurship. So I've always been a self-starter, always worked for myself, and I really couldn't see uh, doing it any other way. Uh, and a couple years ago, I found a company called Ubrand Inc., and we, were, we really were a, a digital marketing uh, business development company, and I'm sure you've experienced this a lot in your own work. Uh, we we work with someone, but usually sometimes you get in the door with the shiny object of the conversation. For us at that time, it was social media. And what we right. really started to notice is that their issues were bigger, like business development problems or sales problems. So we to to make the, the story really short, we started doing a lot of different work around digital marketing, sales, branding, anything underneath the sun at Ubrand Inc. And on a whim, one actually on a, on a whim one weekend, uh, I created a product called Curation Traffic. This is years ago because I was working with developers. I was trying to get it built, and the developers said it wasn't possible. And I said, you know what? I can code. I'm just going to take the weekend, and I'm going to build it. And I built it, and we put it on the market. And I should mention, before we put it on the market, we were – doing content marketing, we had our own blog, we had all this stuff. So we had a, a foundation, a platform, and we put it on the market Monday and it sold that Monday. And to, to make this story really short, this is something I think, I, I listened to a lot of your shows, I think one of the biggest things that's made the biggest difference in my business has been focus, is laser-like focus. So for a while, we were uh, doing U-Brand Inc., digital marketing consulting, you know, business development consulting, and we had this little product over here that was selling pretty good called Curation Traffic. And what I remember just talking to the team here and, and my partner at the time and just saying, you know, I think there's something more with this curation, and Curation Traffic just doesn't feel right, but I think there's an opportunity here. And we were 
I was enjoying the consulting we were doing, but it was also we weren't focused there. And I said, you know what, if we're so smart, if we're so good at this marketing stuff, as we say with our clients, you know what we should do is we should create a product from the ground up and we should just focus on that. Let's let's cut off, you know, slowly drill down our consulting and let's just focus on one product. It'll it'll allow us because at that time we were all over the map with many different strategies. And that's what we did. We created this product called Curation Suite. And a couple months after that, that's been our sole focus for the last three or four years is just Curation Suite. And this is something I wish I would have really uh, learned years ago, which is focus. Uh, As an entrepreneur, you have limited amount of time, limited amount of efforts. And the quickest that you can get laser focused on one goal, one strategy, one product, one market is it's just it's like a weight off our shoulders. Hopefully, I didn't uh, I steered that that story in the right direction. But does that make sense, or is that kind of a clear path to how I kind of got to where we're at right now? Oh, that's perfect. And you know, we hear stories like that all the time. And I think it's a natural process because as we grow as entrepreneurs, we do things like we join masterminds, and the power of the mastermind kicks in. And we discover business ideas we never would have thought of on our own. And then with the support and the, and I put this in air quotes because sometimes it you know, deserves air quotes, encouragement of our fellow mastermind members, we end up trying a bunch of stuff. The next thing you know, you have this seven-headed monster of a business and you're trying to feed all seven mouths and, and you end up making decisions about which ones you're really going to move ahead with. And... That's perfectly fine, uh, and that's, I think that's part of the discovery process because as we find our way to the intersection of our brilliance and passion, we have to try different things. And sometimes we discover that what we really want to do is consulting. Sometimes we discover we really want to do developing. Sometimes we discover that we want to uh, actually use one business to serve as a cash cow to fund another passion, whether it's the business you really want to be passionate about and grow or a cause you want to support, or even if that cause is you just don't want to work very hard. I mean, who knows? Uh, doesn't matter as much what you do as the fact that you do it. And what I heard from you is just that whole process of finding that one thing that wakes you up without an alarm clock in the morning. Am I getting? Am I catching your drift here? Yeah, I would say that's that's a huge thing because when you're all over the map, right? You're 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 not sure, and, and it's you do have to do I, – I also believe you have to do something that will get you up regardless. You know, you're excited in the next day. You're, you don't want to go to sleep. You're thinking about it because that's when the, the great ideas, the inspiration is going to come because you're passionate about that. So I think it's a big thing, but it's also, I, I believe, focus. You know, if you if so many entrepreneurs – I meet so many uh, every day, uh, and it's I'd say that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that it's it's focus on messaging, focusing on product, focus on ideas, and just focus your efforts. There's, there a lot can be accomplished with focus. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's define our terms. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners know what we're talking about, but we want to hear your definition. So let me start by asking, what is content curation? That's a great question. So here's, here's how to look at content curation. Is con- we all know that content marketing is one of the best ways to market yourself 
today, the digital marketing, having a blog, having a website, driving traffic out to your website. Content curation is the easiest form of content marketing you can do. And the reason for this, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this more here in a second, is that with content curation, what you're doing is you're citing another piece of content, maybe a video, maybe even a social update, a blog post, a story, maybe a PR release. And you're using that as an idea for you to then publish something on your own blog or your site. And really, right. in in a, in the essence, that's what content curation is. Um, many, usually, when you hear content curation, and this is something that I, I, I would, would stress with any with everybody that's listening, is that there's a huge opportunity with content curation, but usually it's talked about in the social media realm, which is you should be curating to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and the other networks, and and that that's a good strategy, but Hopefully by the end of our conversation here, I'll share a better strategy, or actually not hopefully. At the end of this conversation, I will share a better strategy beyond a doubt that you should be doing before you actually curate the social media. There's still value there, but there's there's a couple other reasons why you should be doing it on your own site or blog first. Is that a clear answer for what content right. curation is? That's very clear. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to get down a little bit deeper here. I was going to do this later, but let's do this now because I want to make sure that we get this. And this is actually a question that I have. So as our listeners know, not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I'm usually here with my pen and my notepad out looking for the slide edge for my business too. Uh, when we talk about citing other people's blogs on our own, uh, you, you, know, you see examples of this all the time. And you know, if you start subscribing to a lot of different related fan pages on Facebook, for instance, you start to see that you see the same story 10 times a day, and eventually you discover that some of the uh, sites that you're all following are part of the same network that all cite each other. Now, I don't, I'm not, I don't, that's not exactly what we're talking about here, but let me get to the point, which is you'll see that they'll write a blog post, and basically what that blog post does is it doesn't repeat word for word, but it basically copy-pastes the other blog posts where it like has a sentence at the top, then it has in like the block quotes, most of the other blog posts or part of the other blog posts. And then at the bottom it says, click here for more. That's just one example of it. So what are some of the best practices? And this is very important to me actually, because I have a, a blog that I originally created to use as a vehicle for creating content for a book. Now I've done that piece of it. And we're in the process of getting the book together for launch but I'm kind of flatlining on what to put on that blog right now, which is a shame because I have a lot of avid listeners or readers, rather, who are saying, what the heck happened to that? Let's get back to these posts. I'm happy to do it. I just don't have it in me to create seven complete blog posts a week from scratch. I want to, I want to until such time as I'm able to dive into this deeper, take more of a curative approach. So how would you recommend, like let's say, I'll, I'll give you an example. So let's say somebody has a business blog and they want to curate content from Inc. Magazine or Entrepreneur or Fortune. What, how would they do that? So let's, uh, so, so there's a lot of directions I can go here, but let's start with first, what do you want to be known for, right? What do you, 
what do you want to build authority? So uh, let's use the example of this book here. What is, is is your book the one that you mentioned, The Journey to Success with Entrepreneur uh, Millennials? I think no. you said Millennials, right? Okay. No, so it's, no. It's that, another no, that, book, that's right? That's the book that I contributed to, yeah. Yeah, so it's a book that uh, I'm publishing on my own, and basically what it's about is it's helping entrepreneurs get past the plateau because, as you know, having done a bunch of ventures, and I've done a bunch of ventures and most of our listeners have, is you find yourself feeling like it's Groundhog's Day. You get to a certain point in your business, and it seems like no matter what you do, you end up at the same level. It's like Groundhog Day. It repeats itself over and over again like the movie, and just helping people blast past that and truly get to that higher level or that next level, as it may be, of what, what it is they're seeking to do. So uh, I want to. I would like to have the ability to curate content that is either that topic or is close to that topic, and I want to curate other people's stuff, say five days out of seven, but do it in such a way where people can come to my site and say, "Wow, this guy's going out there and he's finding the best of the best from Inc. Fortune Entrepreneur," so I don't have to do it. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and that's one of the, I'd say, the number one driving factor why people do want to do content curation. So we'll take your example as a good example. You have a book, and you want to to promote it via doing content marketing. So what you would do is you would listen to your market for entrepreneur tips, uh, time-saving tips, personal development tips, maybe even stuff on psychology. And what you would do is you would curate that content. And the best way to look at, at if you really want to be uh, an expert curator and you want to use this to maximum benefit, look at yourself as a reporter for your market. And this goes to a point you uh-huh. made before, which is you, you see a story in multiple places. One of the things that I, I, would, I would stress to people is don't worry about that because think about your local news in, in whatever local market you're in or even the, the cable news channels. You can turn on right. usually most local cities, there's, what, three or four channels, right? And you can yeah. almost guarantee you're going to get the same story from every one of those. You know, they're going to mention it at least in the first 15 minutes if it's a big breaking story. Now, you would say, well, why right. would they do that? They do that because they each have their own audience. And every person online has their own audience. So you can duplicate stories because what you're doing with curation, if we take your example, is you would curate something maybe on a new time-saving tip that someone wrote a blog post on, and then you would add your own what is called commentary, your own thoughts to that. And that is the value that you're adding, but this also gives you an opportunity to, instead of just sharing that other post out in social media, you're curating it to your blog, you're adding your own thoughts and commentary, which is building your authority, and then you're sharing that post out to your social media. You're promoting that post out to um, to Twitter, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, wherever else you're sharing content. And you do that every day. And, and the great thing about curation, this is what, what I really love about curation, is that you know the, one of the biggest challenges people have when they – and I see this a lot with people that they had a blog, they tried to do it, but they just couldn't do it because it, it's hard writing content. I mean I write tons of content, but I had to, I had to teach myself to write content, but it's still hard. The great thing about curation is that you're already starting with an idea. So all you have to do is add your own thoughts to that idea. So it already it, it takes that first step, which is usually one hard thing. Is I always get a, a lot of times, what do I write about? 
you know, they see a blank screen and no one knows what to write about. Well, with curation, you have something to actually start with, and all you have to do is add your own thoughts and click publish. That's why it's the quickest way to do content marketing that exists. Right. Okay, so so let's, you know, build the anatomy of this. And I, th- and I, I think I can already hear pens on notepads scratching on this one here. So uh, let, let, let's say, okay, so I want, to, I want to do this blog post. I want to do it for my audience, which is saying, dude, what the heck? What's going on here? I, I, I want to see your stuff again. Uh, and I go to Entrepreneur Magazine, and I see this really good post. So what am I, so what am I going to do here? Am I going to, uh, am I going to copy-paste the whole thing as a blog quote onto my blog? Am I going to copy-paste the relevant part of it onto my blog? And where am I going to put the commentary? Before, after, during? Uh, what am I going to do? So generally what, what we suggest is, is, so with curation, it's one of the questions someone might have is, well, is this legal? And of course, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV or anything like that. But sure. you're using a part of the copyright law when you're doing curation, which is called fair use, which allows you to cite yeah. other works of art other pieces of content. So this is, in fact, I can guarantee that any major site that you list, we can look at their site and I can say, here's a curation. Because every site does it, they just don't call it curation. They, it's, it's called reporting okay. or something else like that. So every site out there does it. So generally what you, you want to do is, the, the rule of thumb is don't cite more than you need to, usually a, a couple sentences to like a paragraph. And I always like to say that you want to have your commentary first because I'll share. Usually, I share this secret a little bit later on once we dive in. But the true value of curation is, and we can get to this here in, in a second in more detail, is that it's not always necessary about what you curate. It's that your audience is reinforced with the value that you provide, and that's why commentary is so important. And that's why typically you want your commentary to be first. So you have, uh, let's say, you have a story that you found at Inc.com. You curate a, a or you cite, let's say, two to two to six paragraphs or two to six sentences. Sorry. From there, you have an attribution link, and then you have one or two paragraphs of commentary leading into that story, why it's important. That's that's what a typical curation looks like. That's what we call a single source curation. You're citing a single source and then you're linking out to that single source. But the, the true aspect okay. of this – go ahead. Okay, let me just stop you right there. Uh, let me just make sure I got the anatomy right. So we're doing our commentary first, then the citation, the, the part in block quote, let's, let's call it that. And then after that, we're doing more commentary. I'm, I'm deliberately taking the position of a newbie so that we get this absolutely clear. So the, the bare minimum, and this is a good rule of thumb, and this is so that you, you can promote your content on, on Facebook or pay for content to be promoted, and you're in good graces with Google, meaning that you're creating unique content, is that you want a one-to-one ratio. So for every sentence that you cite, you want a sentence at least of commentary. The more commentary, always the better. So Because that's the unique content that you're creating with curation. So if you were to just cite a piece of content and just, just include a couple sentences and then link off, well, Google and the value of that content isn't as high as if you took – and it literally takes – with some of the secrets we teach, literally takes you know 
three to seven minutes to write commentary uh, because you already have that idea. You're just you're using your expertise to kind of add to the idea there or to present that idea in a new way or to argue that idea. That's another way that you can look at it as well. But the general rule of thumb oh. is yes, you want, you want a one-to-one -one ratio on commentary and cited content. And the more commentary you have, if you end with commentary, that's always good. But I always suggest you put it first. Okay, so we do the commentary, and then we do the citation, and then we do the uh, the block quote with the attribution link, basically. Correct. That would be a. And I'd that's say it? that's what we call single source curation. Ninety percent of the time, that's what you're doing. And and that's it. And we just end right there. Yeah, so then you write a good headline, uh, as you would typically do. The, the best thing to do with curation, and this is something I always stress and we stress and everything we do, is that it's just a different type of content. Like infographic is a different type of content. Uh, you know, right. a list post is a different type of content. Curation is just a different form of blog post or a different type of content. So there is some yeah. guidelines and rules to it. But if you follow this general structure, you're going to be doing it right every single time. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, I think for a lot of folks who struggle with this whole thing and, you know, this one blog that I really just need to, to you know, get back into deployment, uh, this, will be a, this will be a great way to do it because I can certainly read something and react to it. Believe me, I have opinions on almost everything. I mean, if, I, if, if, there, if there was a way I could just get paid to share opinions, uh, actually there is, but, you know, we're not that type of podcast. But, uh, so yeah, uh, exactly. so, so the point is we can all do this is my real message to our listeners is the fact is we can all do this. And this is a great way to enable you to create daily content and what people will really be tuning into you for, even though uh, maybe, you know, five days out of the week, you're curating something else that somebody else created. What they're tuning in for is your take to it. And it also gives you the opportunity to do seed-based marketing. So you can use phraseology like, um, you know, as a consultant working with entrepreneurs in this niche um, who has, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, this is, you know, I, I saw this article and, you know, this, this is what jumps out at me or uh, something along those lines. Or many, of my, or many of my most successful clients have benefited from this advice, and here are some of the examples, and then lead into what you're curating. I'm just, you know, doing this off the top of my head without a concrete example in front of me. Am I heading down the right track? You know, you just explained one of the biggest secrets to making curation really work for you. So you've already got the the understanding at a deep, and it's you're a great marketer at a deep marketer level. Thank you. Is that when when you get really good at this? Actually, not when you when you understand what what you just explained very succinctly, is that the true value of curation is not what you curate. And this is going to be sound contrarian because yeah, I know we create. We haven't really mentioned I created a content curation tool, and a lot of what we talk about is selecting the right content. But what's more important is that you reinforce that value. And I, I can give you an example of something I did yesterday that's right along the lines of what you just said, which was. I curated a piece of content on our own blog, uh, and here's the headline to that story. Become a master marketing storyteller with this free course from Pixar. All right, so I fired up our tool. I saw a trending story on Pixar created this. Basically, Pixar created this uh, training on how to be a storyteller with the Khan Academy. And in my commentary, wow. I did exactly what you said. 
I said, you know, being a digital marketer, it's it's important to be a storyteller. And I say in there, being able to tell a story will make you a better content marketer and a better content curator. In fact, that's something that we cover in our training linked here. And then I go on to sell why someone should actually pay attention to what I curated from, you know, the, the Khan Academy. I included a video there as well. And to, to, to help people uh, really understand the full picture of this, I did probably about uh, six paragraphs of commentary around that and shared a video, which was the curated piece of content, and then linked to that free course and then published that as a blog post. And we promoted that content on Facebook, so we boosted it on Facebook. We boosted it on Twitter. We shared it with all of our networks. We published that out to, and I know I'm getting into some advanced topics here, but we published that out to all our content marketing networks and everything else. And within uh, 20 minutes of that post going live, we already had conversions as far as email opt-ins, people checking out our product. And that post took me about seven, probably about 12 minutes to put together because what did I have there? I had the idea. I, all I had to do was tailor it to my audience. I had a course from Pixar that was teaching storytelling. And I believe, you know, one of the things I firmly believe to be a good marketer, you need to be a storyteller. So all I had to do is kind of combine those two things. Is that a good example to kind of uh, share the, the power of this, share of content curation? Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty dang good. I really like that a lot. Uh think that's fantastic. Now, you heard me mention, the, let's say you're doing a blog where you want to post something every day, but you just your lifestyle does not allow you to come up with the amount of time to create your own fresh, unique, created by you and nobody else content every single day, uh, but you want to maintain that daily relationship with your audience without it feeling like all you're doing is just grabbing stuff and sharing it, because, heck, they could do that on their own. Because uh, what they're tuning in for, again, is your commentary, your take on it, your personality, your brilliance, and your passion. So uh, is the idea of doing something where you're curating five out of the seven days a week, is that overkill? Is that about right? Is it even possible to, to curate seven days a week and still be good? So my rule of thumb, and this is something that I would I, – anybody that's uh, – the, the short answer is – I try to publish as much as my audience can consume. Every time I publish okay. more content, I get more traffic. And if you think of any site that maybe I, – I, I watched BuzzFeed grow, Mashable grow. If you think of any site out there, did they reduce publishing or did they increase publishing You know, as they grew? And pretty much every site out there increases publishing. So a once-a-day yeah. publishing strategy is, is, is simple – and it's, it's kind of what I would say what someone should focus towards or try to get towards as quick as possible because it, it puts you into that rhythm. And that's also why I like curation for someone just getting started because I know getting started with content marketing, it's tough, especially if you haven't written before because you're looking at a blank screen. You want to write 500 to 700 words and Sometimes you just got to think of the ideas. With curation, once again, you have the idea there. And like you said, everybody has opinions. And usually launching into an opinion is a lot – actually, not usually. 
launching into an opinion is a lot easier than coming up with a new idea yourself, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's why, I'm stuck, that's, why, that's why I got stuck with this blog. Is um, The purpose of the blog, as I said, was to be the engine for me to get written down all the stuff that needs to be included in the book and also sort of test different topics, put different things on the market, get conversations going with people uh, to decide really what kind of content I wanted to be in the book. And the book project itself was also driving, you know, me taking a few months to decide, you know, say, you know, say to myself, self, what do you want to be when you grow up? So it, it, so it was also part of a discovery process. That blog has now achieved that purpose. But the thing is, is uh, I accidentally did this thing while I was running that blog with fresh content every single day, is I attracted a rapidly enthusiastic audience that is now very upset that I kind of backed off it for a while. And my excuse of, I took on a $25,000 client that needed a, an immediate ramp up, truth, and I also had three speaking engagements right in a row, so I was going to be out of town a lot, truth, that's kind of worn out, and they're saying, come on, dude, get that blog going again, but I don't have it, and I don't have seven days worth of content to do anymore, so this, you know, what you're sharing with us is perfect. Well, and that's the great thing about curation, too, is that if, if you can do a curated piece of content, you could do one curated or I should say you could do five pieces of curated content for the average time it takes someone to do maybe one blog post. Yeah. Once again it comes because that you have a framework there, you're launching into another idea. So it's it just makes sense for if someone's tried to blog in the past and, and they haven't stuck to it, curation's a great way to start. If you're a digital marketer and you're you're great at I mean you're a content marketer and you can pump out blog posts, curation is a great uh, way to add to that. So it works for every level of person. It especially works well for someone like like you said that that's not to use the the topic of your book, but that's plateaued, right? You plateaued in content. Yep. Well, take that same editorial that you had in your book and that your site was about and continue that with curation. And you should be able to find more than enough stories on a given basis to publish, to curate and to add your thoughts to with no problem. There hasn't been a market yet where I've, I've seen that people have had a problem finding something to curate because I have another secret that I can share too about why you should never say that I can't find something to curate or I can't find something to, to, to add my thoughts to. Is that, Ooh, nice, was that clear? Nice. Is that clear? That's, that's crystal clear because, uh, again, what I also accidentally did was uh, build a personality that some people really loved and really enjoyed hearing it. And part of my you know, way of building my audience was I think I was getting started with this because I would go to people that I wanted to connect with or people that I had already connected with. And if they were sharing some brilliance or doing something that I really just wanted to tell the world, hey, check out what this Scott Scanlon's doing. It's really, really cool. I would cite something that Scott did or I'd say, here's something that Scott has going on or Look at the way Scott did this blog post. Isn't this awesome? You should do this. And that's kind of what I want to do. Also, uh, you know, also go into some personal interest topics as well to sort of mix it up so that people feel like it's a truly valuable resource without being a one-stop shop for everything, but they know they can get a, a little bit of a broader scope of things to make it more interesting and, and reach them in ways that other people might not be. So I think that also there's also value with that when it comes to curation. So we're about 
Oh, my goodness gracious, we're already uh, two-thirds of the way through here. Uh, when you have these really great interviews, they tend to fly. And there are a few questions I want to ask you, and I just want to hammer through these real quick, and then we can swing back to the discussion. So uh, some of them you've already answered. Uh, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly on the legalities of content curation and whether it's stealing content. And I just want to make sure that we're crystal clear on this idea of the fair use, which means citing with attribution uh, where it's clear attribution. So you're taking maybe three or four paragraphs of that article and you are putting a link back to the original and you are stating that you are citing that original article. Exactly, and I would say I would suggest you know three or four paragraphs might be too much. You know, if you're if you have okay. to look at you know there's the problem with this the, the the copyright law is that it's a gray area, right? Because the, the citation is you know cite what's necessary to then remix or use your or to make your point, right? So you can make the argument right. that you know I need three or four paragraphs because I'm breaking this down line by line. Now, if you were doing that, that would make sense, but generally you want to cite no more than you need to. So cite the relevant parts. If you don't know what to cite, right. you could cite the first paragraph just because you're using that as an idea to kind of launch into your own idea. So that's that's really the key with fair use. I mean, it's something that it's protected worldwide. It's something that is – so it's legal. It's just you do – you can't take – what you should not do is take a whole article. You know, it's just not – even if you are citing it, number one, that's not right. Number two, you are breaking fair use there because that's, you're not fair using that piece of content. You don't have right to republish in full other people's content. Is that clear? Oh, I, okay. That is actually crystal clear, and it leads me to think that I might have accidentally done that maybe once. I mean, my attributions are clear. My backlinks are clear. My I am citing this are clear, but 90% of it was me copy-pasting this big piece of it. Although it was clear and although I did add commentary, uh, what you're teaching us adds some dimension to it, like when you said the one-to-one the -one rule. So for every sentence you cite is a sentence you commentate, and that allows it to be fair use without it being just taking somebody else's stuff, saying, hey, look what Scott's doing, bang, and then basically just repeating what you said. Yeah, because the other true benefit, and I don't want this to be lost on anybody, is that Yes, you're citing other people's content, but but the true value of curation done correctly is that you're, you're reinforcing the value you provide to your market. You're reinforcing yeah. the value that you provide to your audience. And you can do that sometimes by just having a little bit of commentary, but generally you want your thoughts to shine through in addition to what you're citing. So that's why I, I find that most people would like to – they'd like to cite more than they should, but – when you flip it around and say I should have more commentary than what I cite because that's really what I'm trying to convey to my audience. That's what's going to convert. That's what's going to get people – that's what people are tuning in to your site or blog for. Uh-huh. that makes sense? Agreed. Agreed. All right. So that, that, that covers that. Uh, now, how does content curation create – Okay, you say traffic for my site, and everybody who's listened to the Business Creators Radio Show for a while knows that I don't believe in traffic to your website. I think it's the worst thing you could possibly have, but we like visitors to our web pages. So let's do this the Business Creators Institute way. How does content curation create visitors to my web pages? 
it's just another it's a form of content that you're you're publishing so if you're right it's the same way i'm sure you you well you believe in podcasting i know that and and you did content yeah. for that other site it's just content especially the way that i've outlined here so the same way that you would drive content to your so like the story that i shared on pixar right someone would look at that on our on our site and say well that's just a blog post yeah, and you could look at most of the curations that we do, and you would say the same thing. And we promote them just as they are blog posts because we write them in valuable ways. This story about becoming a marketing uh, master marketing storyteller, I believe in it. It's something that we, we write about. It's something that we talk about. So we promote it in the same ways that you would you'd share it out on, on Facebook, Twitter. We pay for it to be promoted. You know, we any in our sharing networks that we're part of, the native advertising networks that we use, we retarget traffic to it. So, you know, it's when you put this mindset on, I know we're we're putting content curation in this in the separate bucket, but when you do it what in the way that, that we teach and the what I'm really talking about here, it's just another piece of content and it's a quick way to do it. So is that is that clear? I mean is it it's Crystal in clear. some ways it's it's just the same as if you were to slave over creating a two hours of doing a blog post, you would promote it the same way. Right. So basically it says it gives you a vehicle for the same promotion you would do in any case. Uh, what are some of the best ways to monetize with curation? The same way that you would monetize your site as you generally would because it's just filling the content bucket. I mean, curation plays two really good roles. It's Because it's so quick, it's a great top of the funnel meaning that it's it's a good way to be part of the conversation that's happening in your market because you can publish content so quickly. And since you're publishing it usually on your blog, your site, it's going to the same place that your, your content is going. So, you know, email, conversions, awareness. Curation can play a very good role for feeding your existing audience like, like you are with your book, right? You, you've kind of hit a, a plateau in the content. Well, you've built right. a good personality there. A good a good editorial perspective. Why not continue that editorial pers perspective with you being the tastemaker and you deciding to curate things on an ongoing basis around those same topic areas? They're still tuning in for you, but you just happen to be highlighting more other stories and other things more. So they're still going to get fed what they really appreciated, what they really started off with. And then every now and then you might still do a unique piece of content. So it, it serves this really good kind of role to kind of be the glue to keep everything together. Ah, okay. Uh, so really, what we're really discovering here is this is I don't I don't like to use the word shortcut. I don't like the word shortcut, but it's the idea that we can deploy greater volume faster by leveraging that same thing that people want to tune in for anyway, which is our own unique brilliance and passion and how we apply that to the world. So it's not a matter that, uh, and, I, and I've said this myself many times myself, is that uh, there's really nothing new under the sun at this point. It's all been invented. But what the world has not heard is you, the listener, you, the, or the writer's individual take on it. So that's, that's something that I think is really fantastic. Now, what I'd like to do here is I'd like to actually spend a, a couple moments here looking at the curation suite. I've had a chance to check this out, and I'm thinking that there's a good chance that you're going to see me uh, tuning into this uh, you know, pretty quickly, actually, uh, probably within the next few days.
to be adding this on to what I'm doing. So on behalf of our listeners, I do want to get just a couple quick questions about it. Uh, I know it's a WordPress plugin, which is great, and you have the listening engine, which works with the WordPress plugin, that I believe what it does is it allows people to log into their WordPress blog, go to the Curation Suite plugin, and see, based on searches that they've loaded, uh, relevant content that's you know trending or curatable or in line with the things you want your blog to be about and be able to start picking through some stuff. Absolutely. So I can give you a quick rundown. So Curation Suite gives you all the tools you need to get started with content curation and, and publish publish curations to your own site or blog. Uh, the Curation Suite plugin is the, the foundation of that, and it gives you the ability to search for content from places like Google News, Bing News, Twitter, so you can embed tweets, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Giphy. You can connect your Pocket account, so if you're familiar with Pocket, so it has a lot of cool integrations. It also has shortcuts to curate. The the listening engine aspect is our discovery tool, and it works in any market or niche, and you can set it up to discover content based on keywords and, and RSS feeds, and it will consistently go out there and discover content and also pull in social data on that content. So what you can say, for instance, is you can say, say you have an entrepreneur topic, you can say, show me all the content that I've set up in my entrepreneur topic published over the last 24 hours that's trending or that has the most Facebook shares. Or maybe you want something a little bit more business-focused, which entrepreneurship is anyways, but you can say LinkedIn shares. And then you'll get the content back from that. And because we, we really built our platform to be WordPress first, we integrate with any other theme or plugin you have, so it's easy to publish, it's easy to sort content, it's easy to discover content that you want to curate and publish. Is that a good overview, or does that provide a little bit more insight into the tool? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. So let's say you find an article that you want to curate. Does your plugin allow you to, say, you know, grab the section of that post, like the five or six sentences or the one paragraph or two paragraphs you want to cite, and put that right into your blog post that you are writing. Absolutely. So we we design our tool to be able to quick quick do quick curations. You can go in there and load content that you want to. If there's videos on that piece of content or social updates, or you can cite various pieces of text. And we design it so that you're doing the the right form of curation the right way. And it's it's really oh. a, a a shortcut tool to help you do curation and do citation of content really quick. I mean, there's a, I would, one way I like to describe our tool because we're over four years old is that we're constantly updating it. We're listening to our users. It's feature rich. That's the nice way to say that there's a lot of buttons and a lot of bells, right? It's a feature rich tool, but it's like yeah. that because we really listen to our users. We're always adding new things and, and adding shortcuts to make things quicker. Okay. I, I like I like that. That that's that's really great. Uh, does your network allow people who want to broadcast their content and be curated? Does it allow, I mean, in other words, does it work the other way? So let's say that I was creating some original content and I wanted people to curate me. So we don't have anything like that yet. That's something we're moving on to as we've kind of grown our platform. We do have in our system, for instance, we have what are called master topics. Where let's say you wanted to, you started with the listening engine and you wanted to, to maybe add WordPress as a topic or entrepreneurship. We have master topics and then on that topic we have pre, pre-designed sites. So we include expert sites already. 
but we don't have anything that's a, a kind of a backwards way to, to promote curated content. But that's something where, as we move forward, uh, our next cycle is to then expand our our platform into something that's. Um, I, we really wish I could share what we have on board. We have a lot of cool things on board. I just can't. Uh, I can't share it because we're we're in the midst of, of rolling it out, and I don't have exact dates. But we're working on a lot of the reverse engineer, like you said, because I think we're. We're at the point with technology, with AI and bots and and some other things that we're – the things that I've always imagined that we could do with with content and, and give as tools to people, uh, I see it as a another blue sky opportunity for people uh, to, to utilize content and to be an authority around a topic or a subject area. Um, I think that wow. the technology has made another leap that we're, we're moving towards moving into. It's kind of a, a, a wordy way for me to say that we got cool things on the horizon. Wow, that's uh, that, and that's perfectly fine. A little wordy, little wordy is a little bit good here. So I you know, appreciate you sharing that with us as well. I mean, you know, this it seems like a you know pretty powerful, powerful thing that we can do here. And what you've created for those of us in the business creators world is the ability to really simplify our marketing and focus on what it is that people truly follow us for without having to necessarily come up with brand new stuff all the time, especially when there's anything new. Because I think a lot of our listeners, and I've heard this, get frustrated because after they've been blogging or after they've been content creating a while, two things happen. Number one, they can't think of anything new to say. And even when they go out looking without a focused plan to go find things, they can't even find anything that they view as being interesting because they're so mixed up between why I have to make my news, my own stuff, I have to you know, mix it up and all that, uh, or they end up creating new content, and this has even happened to me, only to discover that, lo and behold, by some coincidence, they wrote almost word for word that exact blog post a year ago. That ever happened mm-hmm. to you? Yep. Happens uh-huh. to me all the time, so I'm always doing that. But, you know, the, the here's... The, uh, a gen, here's a secret I'll give to people. Uh, you should, your, your audience, you should never say I can't find something to curate. It, it Because, okay. and this is something that, if, if you can get this instilled in your mind, you're the taste maker. You decide what's worthy for your audience. And even if you've seen the story time and ah. time again, your audience typically hasn't. So if you can give yourself some permission to be the taste maker for your market, this is one thing I say with our listening engine. I say this, we have we do one-on-one consulting. We have a package that we do that as well. One of the things I instill with our one-on-one consulting package, I say, you should never fire up your listening engine and look at it and say, I can't find something to con- to curate. Because your job is to be the tastemaker and choose from what you see in front of you and make it worthy of your audience. That's and when you when you when you embrace that You'll never have a problem finding something to curate. Never have a f- problem finding something to talk about. And that's, you know, it, it's kind of a, it, it's it's a little bit tough thing to, to get, uh, not to get, but once you embrace it, it, it lifts a, a load off your shoulders for, for publishing content, for doing curation, for even coming up with other ideas. So that's the one secret that I always like to give with people uh, that, that really makes a huge difference. Right. So now we're actually getting into we have Oh, yeah, yes, yes, please do. We certainly have time for another one. Believe me, we do. The other one is, is look at your horizontal topics. 
So, for instance, the example I gave where I, I did the, the Pixar course, that came from me listening to storytelling. I subscribe to author blogs, people that talk about writing books, you know, novels and stuff like that. I discover content on storytelling because that's a horizontal topic to marketing. I also follow psychology. So one time I, I curated something on dolphins and how there's a study on dolphins and how they interact individually and how they interact as a group. And then I related that how you can actually uh, use that in your own marketing for digital marketing. And I ask, who are you going to remember more? You're going to remember the person that curates all the stuff on S or curates something on SEO and something about Google. Are you going to remember that person that curated stuff about dolphins and related it to marketing? So the other secret that I would give is think about the uh, the unre not unrelated but the horizontal topics. Like for marketing, it's storytelling, it's psychology. So I follow psychology blogs, I follow storytelling blogs to then feed my curation because that makes me more unique. If you did these two things that I just shared, which is number one, you're the tastemaker, and you know, and so you decide what is important to your audience and you add your own commentary and you curate from horizontal topics, you will be a master curator. You will be able to capture attention and you will, I mean, curation will be one of your biggest strategies to actually go out there and market because that's kind of the true secret to kind of making it work for you. Those two things. Yes. Yeah. So we ended up covering here a little bit is not only the functions, but also some of the mindset around curation. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic for a while is because it is very relevant to all of us as business creators. And, you know, when we think about it this way, again, there's really nothing new under the sun. And we do want to break ourselves out from the struggle of being an authority in our market or being a thought leader. And you use the, the term tastemaker, which is a, a term that's actually used pretty frequently in a number of industries, although it's one of those things that when you hear it, it feels like it's something brand new to a lot of people. But it's just the idea that as a curator, you decide what matters, and you base those decisions on what you know your audience loves. So on the one hand, they're telling you what they want to see, and then on the other hand, you're telling them what they want to see. So it's kind of funny how that works both ways. Absolutely, and it really frees you when you kind of get into that mindset. So it's it's because it, it, curation is great for anybody that's tried to, to do content in the past. It's a great way to get started because, as we mentioned throughout this conversation here, it's the easiest way to do content marketing. It's great for someone that's already doing content because it's simple and easy to implement. So it's it's kind of that it's once you kind of get to that point of like, okay, I get it, what it is, then you'll start saying, okay, this is just another form of content. It's just another form of content, another way for me to, to, to publish, another way to feed my audience, another way to promote, to, to publish content, to promote it out in social media. You know, and that's what I started with. And I know we're, we're short on time here, but if usually curation is talked about in social media, you should curate in social media. But the power of publishing to your own site or blog where you get conversions, as you said, visitors, is more, in my mind, more important than the social curation that you do because when you get visitors to your site, that's where they learn about you. That's where they convert. That's where you have the opportunity. You don't have that opportunity out on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, because they're on that platform. 
But when you get them to your platform, that's where you have the power. That's where you have the opportunity to convert and then to get into your funnel. And, that, and that's right. You know, we, when we talk about things like list building or what have you, if you get people following your blog and you post attractive opportunities, now they're on your list. So we've now cleared that big hurdle of, well, how do I build my list? Well, that's how you do it. Uh, Scott is just, you know, in agreement with me, shared exactly how that works. So we actually are right here pretty much at the top of the hour. Uh, we have about, you know, literally two, less than two minutes left. So just want to, uh, you know, share people to your website one more time. That's www.curationsuite.com. Looks like a good product. Uh, so uh, Scott Scanlon of Curation Suite, I want to thank you so much for tuning in with us today. It's been an honor and an education. It's been an absolute honor for me too, Adam. I love your show. So definitely uh, subscribe, tuning in here going forward. So thanks for the great conversation. Uh, I actually did uh, write down something you mentioned as well, which is seed-based marketing, something I haven't heard before. So I might just borrow that uh, in some of my conversations going forward. In, in fairness, uh, for our listeners who tune in regularly, um, that's a term that has been around for a while. Uh, one of the most popular purveyors of it is uh, Jim Palmer, who's the founder of the Dream Business Academy, uh, an event where I regularly speak on uh, launching your product, service, or book. And there I went uh, doing some seed-based marketing right there. Okay, awesome, awesome. So, so, so look at that. Even in casual conversation, you can do the seed-based marketing thing. It's so easy, and it's so fun. So again, Scott, thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you, too, and I appreciate it. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Uh, please be sure to tune in for our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time. Have a great day. Take care.